0: Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. My name is Courtney.
1: And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is episode 53, and we're reviewing part three, Stardust Crusaders' Yellow Temperance. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime.
1: Oh, that was a horrible take. We're going to
0: practice this. <laughs> when we get to that part, when we get to the memes, let's do a... A kakioin reto off and see who can do it better. But before we get into that, before we get into anything, JoJo, we got to shout out our newest patron, Miles W. Woo,
1: woohoo! Could talk about you for thousands of miles. <laughs> but what's that song? <laughs> Who's saying that?
0: Uh, is that the one with the piano girl?
1: yeah
0: <laughs> you know i'm bad with the names uh, michelle something no
1: vanessa Carlton. oh who's
0: the michelle girl who did the other popular song she plays guitar
1: michelle is it
0: michelle am i thinking of- <laughs>
1: <laughs> what song
0: um i don't know there's like another popular song that came out around the time that vanessa song with the piano with the miles
1: i have no clue. oh my god
0: oh my god it's gonna bother me hang on michelle branch everywhere just Uh looked it up that's the other one i think they came out around the same time ish
1: yeah she was like everywhere to me
0: yeah and then wait so it's vanessa what's her face
1: vanessa carlton
0: and the song is what
1: a thousand miles
0: well there you go thank you miles (laughs) w for your thousand miles of support and becoming a patron of the strictly series
1: yes and to tie in with the theme of today's episode Thank you, Miles, for your support. It indeed is the cherry on top
0: Oh, Ooh, us. I like that one. And if you'd like to support the show and get access to things like our bonus episodes, our pre-show, our show schedule, you can even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly series.
1: All right. So there's not really any JoJo news for this episode. The only thing is I saw a pretty cool shirt about JoJo at Spencer's. So that's all I have. For Did you buy JoJo. it? No, I I pointed it out to you when we went to the mall. Um, it was the oh the it, pink one. Yeah, it it said Jojo on it, and it was Giorno and Bucciaretti, and I think like black and white. And you know, it it's it's a graphic T shirt, but it's one of those like minimalist ones that I would love to wear. It's not like anything loud, uh, but
0: but it had like pink like a pink design behind them. Right? It was.
1: Uh, I think the word Jojo wasn't pink.
0: Oh, yeah. For some reason, I feel like all part five t-shirts are either yellow or pink, which makes sense. Well, it was a
1: black shirt, though.
0: I know, but there's yeah. some sort of like the, the, the color motif is usually like infused with yellow or pink, which are two of my least favorite colors. So that's why I don't own mm. anything that's like really part five because I can't find anything that doesn't have yellow or pink.
1: Yeah, that's the thing tough thing about getting anime shirts especially like jojo shirts is i think a majority of the ones that i have are all in black and i'd like a a different color like i know like purple is a i would figure purple is a big jojo color but that's a big color
0: for part three t-shirts that i've noticed part three i figure
1: part four too because of josuke
0: oh i could see that
1: but yeah part five like as much as like it's a very fashion forward part it's very hard to find merchandise that is not like so homogenous across anime merch for for part five at least
0: well i'm the opposite i love the color black so i'm happy to have lots of jojo merch yeah, but in where's black. the
1: pizzazz? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I also love again, minimalist stuff like, so <laughs> yeah part five huge on fashion i'm still looking for a a like a, a shirt or even like a button down that has buchera um like his outfit with the, the teardrops on it.
0: That'd be cool. I feel like official JoJo merch, like technically all of that stuff at like Hot Topic and Box Lunch and Spencer, Spencer's, that's all officially licensed, mm-hmm. but it's not like official, official merch. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like the top tier merch usually is the most aesthetic and like yeah. really nice stuff.
1: Because I know Gigak or, or Garnt from Trash Taste, he has worn a Buchera t-shirt that's... I don't know how to describe the design, but it, it looks like it comes from high fashion. And I would love to get my hands on it, but I was looking up the price for it and the availability, and it's the price is very high, availability is very low. So I'll just be stuck with what we have here in the States uh, through Spencer's Hot Topic and Box Lunch. But anyways, on to the meat of our episode, or the cherry of our episode, <laughs> Part 3, Episode 9, Yellow Temperance. I'm gonna say it Cockyween had me in the first half. I'm not gonna lie
0: really when you first watched this, you thought he was a traitor
1: yeah, because like the first time of course we realized like okay he 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 falls into the trope of jojo antagonist turned friends and then you have the previous episode ending on Cockyween with a sinister stare and I just thought like, oh man, is this the first time we're gonna see like a a sort of triple agent, double-triple agent in Jojo. Thankfully, I was wrong because it would have undone everything that Kakyoin had kind of stood for and wanting to help out Jotaro and save his mother because we know he's a mother lover. But it did catch me off guard at first when I saw Kakyoin once again turn to the dark side.
0: I think when I first watched it, I was worried at like the, the very early stages, but pretty quickly like with what they show you in that first scene in the episode, I was like, okay, no, he's fine. He's fine. I think Mm -hmm. I was more concerned at the end of the previous episode where Joseph's Hermit Purple power tells them that Kakyoin's the traitor. But then, yeah, I mean, within the first few minutes of this episode, you're like, this is too over the top for this to actually be Kakyoin. Like, something's wrong here. Like, either he's possessed or this isn't him, which is, like, the latter ends up being true.
1: Which I'm surprised that Hermit Purple... Was so adamant that the that Kakyoin was still Dio's servant. Like you would have thought, you would have thought it would say, "A person that looks like Kakyoin is Dio's servant." But I know it, it's playing it up to, you know, the, the the tension of the moment.
0: And I think the stand is just trying to get a message across using minimal words because it's already kind of a struggle to to do what it's trying to do. So That's it probably true. just said like Kakyoin traitor. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just they try to keep it minimal. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to, to justify it, but you're <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's all serving the purpose of suspense. But I I feel like after this episode, it kind of it kind of solidified for me that once a Joe Bro, always a Joe Bro. Because I don't think we have any Joe Bros who do turn traitor. You have Fugo mm-hmm. who leaves in part five, but he's not yeah. really a traitor. He just
1: bails cause he cause he's Fugo. Because <laughs> he didn't wanna, he didn't wanna be on this journey anymore.
0: I mean, as shitty as it was, I don't really blame Fugo, and that's sure mm-hmm. to be a discussion when we get to Part Five. But it's like, you know, the, the guy had to, you know, figure out his priorities, and his priority was staying alive and not getting into this hot mess that uh, that is Part Five's plot. But we'll save that for down the road.
1: Yeah, plus Kakui wasn't even aware this was going on, so you can't really say he betrayed Jotaro. Was just someone who happened to look like him but onward dear listeners because it's time to pop those cherries into your mouth (laughs) as we dive into our synopsis and discussion for part three episode nine yellow temperance as jotaro ann and kakyoin take a sultry stroll on the singapore streets jotaro notices that kakyoin has become a real fuckyoin for some odd reason after wailing on a pickpocket a little more than he deserved The trio treks to a cable car station to ease the tension with some sightseeing, but in one cherry-licking swoop we learn that Fakyoin is none other than one of Dio's dastardly disciples, the devilishly debonair Rubber Soul, and his slimy stand, Yellow Temperance, a morsel of which has begun to consume Jotaro's star finger. Jotaro takes a page from Josephu's fighting strategy guide and runs away into the seas below, but takes Rubber Soul along for the jog to cut off his air suplena. Rubber Soul rats out Dio's plans by spoiling the next enemy stand users to come in the Crusader's way, but stupidly attacks Jotaro one more time by trying to trap him in a nearby sewage drain. Nothing can stop this future marine biologist though, as Jotaro uses the power of water pressure to silence this slimy stand saboteur for good. The boys hit the railroad for their next leg of the journey to India, with Anne secretly in tow, as Jotaro divulges his enemy stand intel to the group, and the real Kakyoin divulges just how talented he actually is with his tongue. I bet cherries aren't the only thing he's good at licking. Oh, 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 oh boy. <laughs> and now on to our next segment of the show. Is that a music and or tarot reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this, or ex- that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and not-so-ordinary world of tarot cards? So to start us off, we have... One tarot card reference in this episode that is with Yellow Temperance, the enemy stand. This is in reference to Temperance, the 14th card in the tarot deck. This card indicates that you should learn to bring about balance, patience, and moderation in your life. You should take the middle road, avoiding extremes, and maintain a sense of calm. I think that's the complete opposite of what Temperance does in this episode. But I think the image on the card typically depicts a person pouring liquid from one receptacle into another. So I would say maybe Temperance's liquid-like consistency is possibly a nod to this. Um, When it comes to the reversed card for Temperance, it symbolizes things connected with churches, religions, sects, the priesthood, sometimes even the priest who will marry Querent. I don't know what that means, but also disunion, unfortunate combinations, and competing interests. And I think uh, unfortunate combinations seems to hearken to the nature of this stand combining with its victims and taking on their appearance, most notably Kakyoin, of course, in this episode. And the music reference in this episode goes to Rubber Soul, which is a reference to Rubber Soul, the sixth studio album by a little indie British rock band called The Beatles, and only the second album of theirs to contain original material. Rubber Soul was highly influential on The Beatles' peers, leading to a widespread focus away from singles and onto creating albums of consistently high-quality songs. It has been recognized by music critics as an album that opened up the possibilities of pop music in terms of lyrical and musical scope, and as a key work in the creation of styles such as psychedelia and progressive rock. The track list on this album actually contains one of my favorite Beatles songs, which is In My Life. So,
0: Is that why Rubber Soul eats those Beatles in the beginning as Kakyoin?
1: Oh, Because I was like, I was... have no fucking idea. <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess I kind uh, of no, get that why. That makes sense.
0: We'll talk about it when we get there. But at first, I was like, why the fuck would he eat Beatles? And then I'm like, oh...
1: Okay, that's, that's a nice wink and a nod to the Beatles. That, that could be a connection as to why we see them in this episode. Uh, there is a brief mention of Jay Gile, uh, who is localized, I think, as Centerfold. That's uh, the murderer of Polnareff's sister, but I'll save those pieces of trivia for his proper introduction down the road.
0: Now it's time for the JoJo Meme Rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. And we have a couple, and they're pretty big ones. First and foremost, we have the uh, ever-popular... Go ahead, try it. Let's see who can do it better.
1: It's a good like vocal warm-up exercise. Maybe we should do that before we record our episodes.
0: <laughs> I have to say, this was like some masterful voice acting because after the Rero, Rero his voice actor, whose name I can't remember. Um, he, Daisuke Hirakawa. Thank you. He, he starts going like blah, 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 with his oh, tongue. Yeah, and like, I can't even mimic what he's doing. I am very impressed at how how much control and talent voice actors have. And I think this is one of those moments that... Is so out of left field that you don't realize that most people probably can't mimic the sounds that his voice actor does in this scene. It's just great, and it's a classic. I think of all the Kakuyoin memes, this is probably his biggest meme. Would you say?
1: Yeah. Besides, like I, I know there was. I don't know if there's like a donut meme for him. I mean, there's definitely like,
0: donut memes, but I feel like those yeah, don't get takes, circulated as much as. Yeah, this, this takes
1: precedence over yeah. all of those.
0: There's also and I can post this in the, the Discord along with these memes. There's this like random picture I found <laughs> and I sent it to you of the netto face, but someone did that fucking thing where they like take the character's mouth and like put it where the nose should be, and then like their chin is huge. It's I'm gonna do no justice to it by explaining it, but it's just so fucking funny. And I know you hate this picture so much. I'm gonna share it on the Discord.
1: It either it, it reminds me of like like a f- frog meme that I've seen or. <laughs> Like, uh, like Daffy Duck, in a way. The other
0: one is um the Dio one. Oh, my God, Han. Let, me, oh, let me look this yeah. up. Oh, yeah.
1: That one, I think. <laughs> I like oh that one. Oh, my God,
0: this picture. I, I'm sure we'll revisit this one, too, when we get to the later part of part three. But for now, since we're talking about it, I will also share the Dio scrunch face. Is that what it's called, the scrunch face?
1: Probably. That one I find funnier. This, I think because Kakuin just looks really strangely seductive in this picture that it makes me feel unsettled okay wait, wait the first one i've never seen before it's that you saw so me funny. i've seen the other one where his mouth is open or Dio's mouth is open like <laughs> it's this it's so good his eyes aren't they're looking two different directions too what the okay this this is more unsettling the cocky one you just said there's
0: actually a bunch if you look up dio face or dio like scrunch face <laughs> there's a shitload from part three like people just went wild with it but these two in particular i think are the most the most <laughs> popular and the funniest one so i'll i'll send them or i'll share them in the discord along with the cocky face The next meme from this episode is when Jotaro borrows the popsicle from that boy and says he'll buy him a new one (laughs) because he never actually buys him a new one. And there was a meme going around for a little while um, where it said Shinobu will never see her husband again. Jotaro never finds out Polnareff becomes a turtle. The kid will never get his popsicle from Jotaro. I'm like, oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who's Shinobu?
0: That is... um, Hayato's mom. Oh, okay. In that's part why the, uh,
1: Hayato's used in that picture. Yeah. Okay. I think
0: that's who it is.
1: I think. Yeah. other, yeah. It makes sense because you never see the husband after Kira takes over. Yeah.
0: And the last meme from this episode is. Do you understand?
1: Do you understand?
0: (laughs) This one's a great one. I'll share a link to the actual clip on YouTube because I I listen to it over and over again. Whenever I'm reminded of this part, I just like to replay it all the time. Do you understand? That and when Jotaro eats the orange and he goes numb. (laughs) (laughs) Those are great ones. But yeah, as always, if we missed any memes from this episode, please reach out and let us know. All right. So on our mission to figure out when they stop using the term jojo or the nickname jojo in part three i can confirm that they continue to use it because Mm -hmm. here we have kakioin calling jotaro jojo in the first scene and i think at the end too when they're on the train and calls him jojo like a number of times throughout the entire episode and then even polnareff calls him jojo at the um, train scene at the end so there you go. I don't know why I thought that the boat episode was the last time we hear Jojo. I'm clearly gaslighting everybody,
1: <laughs> mm. but
0: uh, not intentionally, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We're going to go through or I'll take note every single episode until we figure out when they really do stop saying the name Jojo. But to start off this episode, we have Jotaro being nice to Anne again by buying her a coconut drink. Like just such a nice guy.
1: Well, he they wanted to get ice cream first, and then the vendor offered the chilled coconut juice. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. But she want, my... didn't she
0: want the ice cream, though? She, like, ran up. She's like, I want ice cream. Uh, and then <laughs> Dildo was like, all right, well, we'll buy three of them.
1: But then the... Well, three got, coconut drinks. Yeah. And then you see Anne's bartering skills, because I think she haggled the price from $12 to $6. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, I, I think, like, Anne... She didn't grow up on the streets, but she's she's street smart, of course. Yeah, 100%
0: so. she's street smart. I Okay, I, I have to ask this question because I'm so confused by yellow temperance, and this is going to be a thing throughout this episode. I'm just going to have a lot of questions. And here, after Joltaro buys the coconut drinks for everybody, we see some dudes steal fake Kakyoin's wallet. And in that moment, yellow temperance or the fake Kakyoin uses Hierophant Green to knock the dude out. And so I'm like, oh, how? Wait. how is that possible? How can he use Hierophant Green? Like that That would mean that yellow temperance is potentially one of the most OP stands out there. If it can not only look like another stand user, but also use the stand user stand power. That's crazy. The only thing I can think, cause I was kind of, you know, wondering about this. The only thing I can, pull out of my ass to help rationalize this, is that it wasn't actually a stand Hierophant green. It was just the yellow goop formed goop. as... Yeah, goop. wow! <laughs> <Hello. laughs> For anyone who watches JonTron. Uh, it's, it's the goop from Yellow Temperance taking the shape of Hierophant green and then chasing down the dude. But we don't necessarily get a confirmation from Anne, a non-stand user, on whether or not she sees that fake hierophant green. So if she didn't see it, then this is a possible loop hole or plot hole or the stand is really fucking OP. But if she did see it, then that would mean it's probably just the goop taking hierophant green shape. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I I would say it's the latter where yellow temperance, alongside having the ability to take on a stand user's appearance, it can probably replicate the stand itself, and I'm reading the the JoJo wiki actually for a Rubber Soul. It mentions that like the the video game in one of the video games, uh, when you use Yellow Temperance as a character, you they actually use a yellow colored, Hierophant Green. Um, so I'm I'm trying to think back to the episode if was Hierophant Green a different shade no it was the normal color a, which is why i was hmm. so
0: confused i'm like there's no way i mean think about how fucking op this stand would be it already has like quote unquote no weaknesses and then on top of that it can also steal a stand power and look like anybody else I'm like this thing is crazy strong
1: well looking at the stand stats like the, uh, this is kind of spoiler but development potential is d for this stand so as much as Rubber Soul like gloats about it, it really isn't a powerful stand.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's probably, well, I mean, it's pretty weak because when Jotaro punches it in the face, like its jaw explodes. Mm-hmm. So I think physically it's not a strong stand, but that's how it maybe it's balanced out because it has such versatility that it, I don't know, maybe it levels the playing field a little bit. But either way, I was like, no fucking way, that's crazy. I'm also not going to lie, I kind of like this version of Kakyoin better.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, he's just... Sundare he, version? Yeah,
0: he's a sundere of which is awesome. But also, he's just generally more entertaining than the normal straight man cockyoin that we get. And, I mean, he's out here calling the, the thief a cockroach dick. No, he
1: said he's worth about as much as a sewer cockroach's dick. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> like, what a... What a roast.
0: And then saying that he stole his wallet with the fingers he uses to wipe his ass or something and then doing a (laughs) backbreaker. And I'm like, this is just so good. This is so, so bad. It's good.
1: It reminds me of when Plankton took over SpongeBob's body in the first season and he turns around and insults Squidward. Like it was such a
0: in the middle of the night when he crashes through Squidward's bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> again, it, it,
1: it's another character where you don't expect them to say these things, but when they do, it, it's really ruthless.
0: <laughs> it's so that's a really good scene. But yeah, that, that's that's exactly the same vibe I got from this fake cockyoin. But then we see fake cockyoin eating beetles, and again, I'm like, what was the point in making in making fake cockyoin do this other than seeming more deranged? But then I guess the intent was, based on like what they explained later in the episode, it shows that he grows bigger when he eats and he can absorb different organic matter. And who knows, like I said earlier, maybe there's that tie-in to the beetle since he's named, since the stand user is named Rubber Soul. And then Jotaro is so chill as Anne runs over to him in fear after she witnesses fake hakiyoin eating beetles. And he's just like, what's up? What's, what's wrong? And I just, I think it's so interesting again, because she's here like clinging onto his arm and acting afraid. And he's not like, get the fuck off of me, bitch. He's like, hey, what's, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? He's a nice guy, you know? Jotaro's a Sunday, but he has his nice sides to him.
1: Maybe because I imagine it like a video game where Jotaro has this respect level for Anne right now and the bar is is pretty full. But I think as, as the series progresses, that respect bar kind of starts teetering the more he realizes that he's clinging to her.
0: She's clinging to him?
1: She's clinging to him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fix my possessives.
0: As the group makes their way to the cable cars, we get the classic cherry meme with a da and then we see fake Kakioin push jotaro off the fucking platform and jotaro just grabs the railing and pulls himself back up did he use star platinum at any point during this
1: when he was hanging off the railing yeah and when he pulled himself back I, up i can't remember i know i think Anne was helping him up but then it was just his brute strength that brought him Back onto the platform.
0: Okay, because there's a couple of times in this episode where I would assume he uses Star Platinum or he should use Star Platinum to save his skin, but then like he doesn't. So I just I was thinking about that. um And then Fake Cockyoin picks the slobbery cherry off the ground and eats it. And it's at this moment, after Joltro's had fucking enough of this Fake Cockyoin, he punches Fake Cockyoin. And I can't help but think like how fucking weak is fake kakioin if a punch from Jotaro explodes his jaw off his face. Well, not off his face, right, but like explodes it in half and the cherry kind of goes flying around in his mouth. I'm sure Jotaro is strong, but it's not like it was a punch from Star Platinum. So to our earlier point, maybe because the stand is so versatile, it's also very weak. But, okay, now as I'm talking out loud, but then later Rubber Soul says that like it's super fucking strong like armor. So then how the fuck did a punch from Jotaro break fake hakyoian's jaw
1: because it's Joe Toto we're talking about <laughs>
0: but still it's like star platinum takes us a, a pipe later on and goes to like smack rubber soul with it and his stand stops star platinum and actually starts to crush the the pipe while star platinum's holding it so i'm like is this stand actually weak is it strong there's a lot of inconsistencies with yellow temperus that just get me a bit confused
1: Maybe, again, I I can't justify it, but if um, Rubber Soul was just caught off in this moment so he didn't have time to protect himself from Jotaro's punch. Again, I'm looking at these stand stats. Yeah, it's weird because, again, I'll go over this later, the durability for Yellow Temperance is ranked at A. So, yeah, it's just odd that a punch from a human could set this stand off so easily
0: yeah i don't know it's weird but i guess technically it's supposed to be a very strong stand as well then rubber soul explains to jotaro that his stand can merge with any organic matter it consumes and the subtitles here have me a little bit confused because he says i'm a stand anyone can see or touch so at first i was like is this a sentient stand do we add it to the list but i don't think it is a sentient stand because Mm. it's just rubber soul like speaking however he keeps saying i'm a stand versus like my stand is one that anyone can see or touch
1: yeah because you see the actual stand user who's this dashing fellow under all of the the liquid rubbery contents of (laughs) of yellow temperance um, unless he's just speaking one in the same as the stand and as the stand user, I don't know.
0: He could be, yeah, I could see this. At first, though, because I, I didn't remember like that the rubber soles inside of Yellow Temperance. I was like, shit, should we add this to the sentient stand list? But no, I think we can confidently say it's not sentient. And as this uh, showdown is happening, as this brawl is, is ensuing, Anne calls Joseph to warn him about fake cockioin. And I think that's pretty awesome of her because she could have just bailed, right? She could have just said, well, I don't want to fucking deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> I've seen too much today. I've seen a man eat some beetles. I'm out of here. But they've taken really good care of her so far. And she has formed a, a nice bond with them. So she does the right thing.
1: But I just realized they don't do anything, right? Like uh, they don't come to rescue Jotaro. They, they're just informed that he's in trouble
0: this is correct so (laughs) joseph says um i think he tells anne to come back to the hotel and then that's when the real kakioian shows up and he tells joseph and avdol that he's been sunbathing in his uniform and then joseph's like it's okay we have the real one here (laughs) like they immediately know so yeah i i don't know what what their plan was overall like i assume they were going to go Like, save Jotaro, but never fucking show up for the rest of the episode until they're all back on the train. Or until they're all on the train heading to India.
1: It's like they realize the real Kakyoin was with them. And like, okay, problem solved. (laughs) Like, Jotaro can handle it. It's
0: (laughs) fine. (laughs) And then uh, there is that moment of Jojo logic where I'm like, how the fuck? does Jotaro bust out of that cable car and jump across the pillar all by himself? Like, I feel like Star Platinum probably helped him, but you don't see Star Platinum in that moment. But you do see Star Platinum, I think, after the commercial break, when Jotaro jumps from the pillar to the next cable car over Mm -hmm. that has the boy with the popsicle. So I'm like, it would have been nice just to show us Star Platinum in the first leap from the cable car to the pillar. Because I'm like, there's no fucking way Jotaro could do that by himself. But, you know, we can just assume Star Platinum helped him out.
1: Unless there was a bigger gap when he had to jump on the cable car that would have required Star Platinum's help. Uh, Trying to think when he jumped off the initial cable car.
0: I feel like he jumped off and on right about the same time, the same distance, but who fucking knows? I'm, I'm thinking way too much into it, but at first I was like, damn, how is Jotaro able to bust through a cable car window? And like some of the metal flies off too, and then reach for that that pillar, that, that platform. And as Jotaro is on the next cable car, that's when he borrows, quote unquote, borrows the popsicle from that boy. And he's just, like, so nice about it. He doesn't just rip the popsicle from the little boy. He, like, crouches down and says, hey, can I borrow this? Like, don't cry. I promise I'll buy you a new one. And part of me thinks, like, maybe maybe he is really nice to kids. Like, maybe that's why he's also (laughs) nice to Anne. Like, she's a pretty tough kid, but also she's a kid. So I don't know. Do we see Jotaro interact with other kids down the road besides Baby Stand?
1: Hmm. None that I can remember from this part.
0: Well, we'll keep an eye out, or we'll we'll take a mental note to see if he treats other kids the same again, except for baby Stan. That one's that one's going to be a, a unique situation. And then we have the worst part of this entire episode, which is the poor dog
1: Pocky the puppy I
0: was sad I'm sad every time I watch the scene I'm sad every time a dog dies in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as much of a meme as it is it makes me sad
1: yeah it was like why why did this dog have to be looped into the ruckus on this cable car like like the the kid was already crying about his his stupid ice bob and then you you put this and it's the no pun intended cherry on top for this scene (laughs)
0: First the Popsicle, then the dog, and then his dad is sleeping the whole time. Like, the kid has to shake his dad awake, and I'm sitting here thinking, how is that dad still sleeping when, like, a dude who's built, like, a brick shit house jumped onto their cable car and ripped the door off? Why is nobody panicking in this cable car? That's that's another thing I thought was very odd, was that nobody reacted to Jotaro.
1: Well, maybe some people are heavy sleepers. Well, I, my thing is, how did... Rubber Soul end up on this cable car when he was on the first cable car, and then he takes the form of that, like that call girl from the wrong neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is a fantastic question, one I had myself, and I have absolutely no logic. I don't know how he would have made his way in that cable car without Jotaro seeing him.
1: Unless Yellow Temperance kind of acts like uh, Venom from Spider-Man, where it can use its liquid form to go across distances, and when Jotaro wasn't looking, it just latched onto that cable car behind him. I feel like Jotaro
0: would have seen that, though. That would have been such a long distance for Yellow Temperance to, to travel, and it's like out in the open. But again, we'll just chalk it up to JoJo logic at this point. We get a really awesome line, a really big moment of character development from Jotaro in this this scene where he says, us Cujos, and then stops and says, no, us stars." we use strategy to fight our way past any obstacle. And I'm like, oh my God, Jotaro, he is, he's embracing his Joestar lineage, his Joestar blood. The fact that he stops and co- not corrects himself, but changes it from saying us Cujos to us stars" is uh, I don't know. Like that's a big moment for him, right?
1: Yeah. Sorry, Papa Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his dad's still
0: off playing in his jazz band or some shit. Mm-hmm. But like, he's spending enough time with Joseph and understanding the importance and the severity of of the situation, and that their fates are all tied to Dio, and they have to put an end to this. That he's, he, I don't know, he's just like really embracing like what his what destiny has in store for him.
1: And what better way to embrace the Joe Star legacy by taking a page out of Joseph's playbook and running away. <laughs>
0: that was fucking amazing. Yeah, he immediately starts saying, I still have one strategy left, and that's... And then you see like, the, like a figment of Joseph pop up on the side of Jotaro's head, and he's like, that's to run away. And I'm like, the, the way this whole scene played out was so fucking good, because it's a great callback to part two and who Joseph is as a person, which is a guy who runs on dumb luck.
1: Makes me think, because we just recently watched Mob Psycho, if, you know, like, Reagan has also told Mob about running away being a viable strategy, if that was just taken from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure.
0: I also want to know, like, how Jotaro came to learn Joseph's strategy. Was that Joseph touting his big strategy of running away? Like, you know, just telling his grandson about his adventures? Or did Holly tell him that? And Jotaro's probably like, are you fucking
1: serious? (laughs) I feel like it would have been Joseph cuz like they're all together in this journey whether it be on the plane with the weird stag beetle stand or on the boat like at some point they probably would have had a conversation about Joseph's previous adventures.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, as as they're spending so much time together, they're probably needing they need to and probably want to learn as much as they can from Joseph about Dio and the Joestar family curse and his adventures and how he saved the world, quote unquote, depending on which which, uh, side of that argument you're on. Um, I would love to be a fly on the wall. I would love to have had like, I don't know, an OVA or something where we get to see Joseph telling the Crusaders these stories and the things that he experienced. I'm sure the whole time Joe Toro would be like, I don't fucking believe you. Yeah. And this whole time that this fight's going down, Robert Soul keeps telling Jotaro that his stand has no weaknesses, and it seems true for the most part. But Jotaro, being the smart guy that he is, realizes if I kill the stand user, the stand the stand dies as well. I'm like there you go. I didn't I didn't think about it the whole time. I kept thinking how will he defeat this user? And then he just said like a basic fact about stand users, and I'm like, "Oh shit, you're right."
1: Which I think is a pretty significant moment because up until this point I don't think Jotaro was willing to kill an enemy stand user. Like we've we've seen in the past episodes that it it looks like the enemy enemy stand users have passed away from the battles they faced against the Crusaders. But this is one time where Jotaro says outright, like, I am going to kill you.
0: Yeah, I think that that's never their goal. Um, You can even see at the beginning of this episode, Jotaro... Finds fake cockyoin's um, overexertion of of force on the guy to be like too much to handle and says, Dude, you gotta stop it or you're gonna kill him. Granted, he's not a stand user, he's a pickpocket, but like, you know.
1: Yeah, I guess like the severity of that is what is pushing Jotaro to the edge of wanting to kill this guy.
0: And after he subdues Rubber Soul, he reveals to Jotaro that Dio actually paid him. We like, said he was gonna pay him a hundred million dollars or some shit like that to kill Jotaro and the Crusaders, and then there's like this back and forth. He quote unquote tricks Jotaro into thinking that he's giving up, and then he uses his powers through the drain pipe to subdue Jotaro, and then Star Platinum punches Rubber Soul with water through the drain and then an onslaught of oro-oras begin. I just think that's so, it, like, it's it's stupid, but it's clever at the same time that Star Platinum punched the water with such force that it basically became, became like a water cannon for the stand user.
1: Yeah, I wonder how scientifically accurate that is, but. It has to be a
0: really <laughs> strong punch, I imagine. Or,
1: like, just so much water pressure built up in that drain. I guess that makes sense because, like, Jotaro's body is trapping the water in the drain and so there is like a lot of water building up and then yeah star star platinum punches the the sewer sewage cover out uh and then yeah it it's left kind of vague if yellow not yellow temper, uh, if rubber soul actually perished from the flurry of aura punches but i would assume yeah he's he's down for the count permanently <laughs>
0: well he has a broken nose and a shattered jaw that's for sure
1: yeah and one thing that I don't know if, i don't think you mentioned this is like when rubber soul is begging for his life prior to all of this and Thoreau interrogates him about what Dio's planning next rubber soul just immediately um calls or like he immediately drops the names of the next stand users that they're going to face which is death the empress the hanged man and the emperor which i don't recall which stand users are assigned to which of these but death death is death 13 right
0: what was the name of uh i was gonna call her the baba yaga <laughs> and Yaba uh, and Yaba. stand.
1: i'm pretty sure she is had she empress yeah i think she had the empress i want to say her son jay guile has the hanged man yeah and i don't remember who has emperor
0: that is whole horse
1: oh that's right how could i forget whole Fucking horse.
0: whole horse i can't wait to talk about whole horse i think that's the next episode
1: yeah it's just so funny how rubber soul is so quick to betray his his teammates i guess that he he spoils the next couple episodes i guess for us by saying who the enemy stands are, or enemy yeah the enemy stands are going to be
0: He's truly in it for the money. He even says, mm. like, that's not enough for me to risk my life, or Dio's not gonna pay me enough to risk my life.
1: Yeah. It's a testament to get like the people that Dio chooses as his his disciples, as skilled as they are in being evil and suited to his plans against the Crusaders, you kinda you kinda get what you pay for, I guess. And we do get two stand stats in this episode. One earlier was for Star Platinum. We saw this in episode one, so I won't bring it up again here. But as I alluded to earlier, we get the stand stats for Yellow Temperance. And to list them off, destructive power is D, speed is C, range is E, durability is A, precision and accuracy is E, development potential is D. So as much as rubber soul gloats about how strong and how powerful Yellow Temperance is, it really isn't as strong of a stand as you think. It's just durable.
0: In the final scene of this episode, the Crusaders are on their way to India via train. And in the beginning, they talk about how Anne was with them at the station before their train left, but they went their separate ways. And Polnareff teases Joltaro about it being lonely without her here. And Jotaro just smiles, and I'm like, aw, they formed a nice bond. But then actually we find out later that she's on the train, and she's dreaming of Jotaro. She's like one car away from them.
1: Yeah, and so this is where I say like Jotaro's respect bar for Anne starts dwindling a bit, because at this point, she's become too attached to him. And Jotaro being a tsundere, you know, he doesn't like those kinds of attachments.
0: (laughs) And then Kakyoin says that cherries are his favorite. And this is why people speculate his earrings are supposed to be like cherries, and that he looks like a cherry with his red hair and green uniform.
1: Mm, and yeah, he likes to pop cherry. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's also confirmed that Kakuyoin actually does redo redo his cherries, and it's probably one of the weirdest things we'll learn about him, other than him being a milf hunter.
1: <laughs> hmm Maybe those two traits go hand in hand: milf hunting and cherry looking.
0: But with all that said and done, I still need to ask the questions about yellow temperance because they only explained in this episode that it ex- it absorbs organic matter to grow and gain strength. So how does it take on the form of other people? They don't tell you anything about that. And like, again, how does it use Hierophant Green? Maybe it's forming Hierophant Green with the goop, but like to me, that's that's a stretch. And how does it become other people... Like, how does it understand how to become other people? Is it when Rubber Soul looks at a person once, then Yellow Temperance can, like, take that shape forever? Or does he need to make contact with the person? Or does he need to, like, I don't know, get a piece of their hair and needs to, like, absorb part of their DNA? I just have so many questions about the, the one part of Yellow Temperance's powers, which is taking on the form of other people and using their stand abilities.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if, because we see part of Yellow Temperance latch onto Jotaro, if that's what allows it to have its ability to replicate other people's appearances. But then there was no indication from Kakyoin that he had been affected by Yellow Temperance in any way. So maybe it's just a matter of, like, Rubber Soul looks at a person, and that's what gives him the ability to appear just like them kind of like what's his name like clayface a villain in batman who can take the form of anybody just by knowing what they look like
0: yeah i have so many questions i don't know if rocky ever clarifies them or what have you if anyone does know out there and wants to reach out to us um to to share some insight about yell temperance please do cuz it is a head scratcher
1: and that brings us to our final thoughts for part three, episode nine, Yellow Temperance. So did you think this episode was cherryable? Or did you think it was cherific?
0: what the fuck? Um, I thought it was a really, really, really good episode. I love this episode. It's funny. It's strange. It's fucking, it's just fucking weird all around. And I, I love seeing Kakioin in a completely different way than we will ever see him. It's kind of like the later episode with Oingo Boingo when Oingo, I think, takes on Jotaro's appearance and Mm -hmm. acts completely different than how we would ever see Jotaro act. It's just a really cool opportunity to see these characters behave in a very unique way. I, I am again confused by Yellow Temperance. I actually think this is probably one of the most poorly explained stands in all of JoJo. In that there's a lot of incons- inconsistencies here that I am struggling to justify or suspend my disbelief with. So that is, I guess, a little bit of a downside to the episode, but not enough to make me dislike it or to dampen my enjoyment. I still really, really love this episode. What about you?
1: Yeah, I thought this episode wasn't too cherryable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. I feel like it's a quick turnaround episode because there isn't much that happens besides this one standoff between jotaro and rubber soul and stand wise i think yellow temperance doesn't really bring much to the table as a stand that just copies its victims i feel like i I should have touched on this earlier but i feel like more could have been done with this ability and with the enemy stand deceiving jotaro but i think jotaro just deduces the enemy stand user's identity almost less than halfway throughout the episode and then the rest of it is just devo- or devoted to like the typical showboating and gloating from the enemy stand user, uh, Rubber Soul. Uh, so I, I think it would have been more interesting if like the episode had just continued on with this fake Kakyoin trying to convince Jotaro that he is the real Kakyoin. But it is what it is. Uh, there is a little bit of substance to the later half of this episode as Rubber Soul divulges key info about the upcoming enemy stand users that the group has to face. So that at least confirms there are four more episodes of this good old stand of the week formula. <laughs> but I think that's just how it's going to be from this point onward. And of course, without this episode, we would never have known how talented Kakyoin's tongue is, which is something that Holly might be happy to know. Oh, my about. God. All right. Jotaro and
0: Joseph would be mortified. Oh, and Jotaro's dad, too, by the way.
1: Well, he's not even in the... He's off blowing saxophone. That also sounds like a sexual <laughs> pun.
0: Well, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for the next two episodes and what comes immediately after that, because we have... The Emperor and the Hangman, parts one and two, which means we get fucking Whole Horse, not one, but two episodes of Whole Horse. And then on top of that, the following week, um, sorry, the following episode, I believe, will start our Stone Ocean review series because that comes back on September 1st.
1: What great timing will conclude the Emperor and Hangman arc. And then jump right back into Stone Ocean.
0: Yeah, so to remind everybody, while we're in our Stone Ocean review series, we will be releasing episodes weekly. Yes, Netflix does do a batch release of the episodes, but we'll be reviewing every single one every single week until we have caught up on the next set of episodes for Stone Ocean. I think there's 12 that are coming out so for 12 Mm -hmm. weeks straight we will be doing stone ocean reviews and then we'll be back to our our part three review series where we will move to our bi-weekly format so we kind of flip back and forth but it's so that you know we can talk about stone ocean as as quickly no as timely as possible so thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of strictly jojo if you would like to see a picture of rigby knocked out right now he is sleeping in such a goofy position. I'm like looking at him. This dog is living the life right now. He's got his little legs sticking up in the air. He's living
1: a better life than Pocky. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you want to see a picture of Rigby sleeping, we're going to post that in the Discord along with the memes and the stand stats and all that good stuff. So if you're not a part of the Discord, join there is a link in the description and speaking of which subscribe to strictly jojo on your favorite podcast service join our discord follow us on instagram at the strictly series on twitter at strictly series and check out our website thestrictlyseries.com. if you'd like to support the show then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series and tune into strictly anime our other podcasts for anime reviews and discussions all links are in the description thank you so much for listening and as always stay safe stay healthy stay weeb
1: to be Continued.